Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hi, this is Johnny and welcome to this Coach House Beacon. What's your favourite season? Mine has always been summer for multiple reasons. For example, I love the heat, so a wet summer is absolutely miserable to me. I love the long, light evenings. I love the light mornings, which enable me to actually wake up without setting five or more alarms. I love the fact that everyone is more relaxed when the weather's nice, and not just hurrying on to the next destination to get out of the cold or the rain. I love the long summer holidays, when there is no work and endless time spent on beaches or in parks. Conversely, I hate the cold, dark mornings of winter, the agitating cold, the drab landscape, and the depressing lack of light in the day. Seasons are things that we can't change, and each of them has their own features, arriving approximately at the same time every year. We'd be fools if we tried to force the weather to change, because it's a part of our existence on planet Earth. We can't wear summer shorts and sunglasses expecting to hold off the winter snow. What we need to do is to equip ourselves appropriately for the seasons in which we find ourselves. It's wise to have a decent waterproof coat in winter and sun cream in the summer. Disliking the season won't change the season. Christians also talk about seasons in a spiritual sense, and the Bible talks about them most famously in Ecclesiastes 3. I'll read the first nine verses and then look at a few key points that show us how we can begin to trust and hope in God through the different seasons of our life. Here it is. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. There is a season and time for everything. The passage talks about some of these times. If you look through the list, you'll notice a mixture of different experiences. Some we have control over, being quiet and speaking in verse 7. Some we have little or no choice about, for example, being born or dying in verse 2. Or, equally, crying and laughing in verse 4, which is often an involuntary response. There is a time for war and a time for peace in verse 8, which, unless we're in positions of great influence or power, we have little control over as well. Neither is this a list set out in a good-bad format, with the good things being said first and the bad ones second in a clear-cut structure. Some have negative associations, such as mourning or killing, and the others have positive associations, such as loving and embracing. So what is this passage telling us? First of all, it gives us a small snapshot of the many experiences we have as human beings living on planet Earth. Life is happening all around us, it's happening to us, and all along we're trying to figure out the right responses to it all. Secondly, it should be clear that there is so much in this list that we either do not have control over, or that we don't have the right response for. Life is messy and difficult to figure out. Even when the Bible gives us clear moral guidelines, We need wisdom for how to apply them in certain situations, and we can't see the whole picture. 
The rest of chapter 3 in Ecclesiastes gives us more detail about how we should respond to the uncertainties of life in a godly manner. There is a repeated phrase throughout the book of Ecclesiastes which shows up later in chapter 3, and it helps us to understand how to approach these uncertainties. So here it is in 3 verse 12 to 13. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil, this is the gift of God. We are not able to control all that occurs in our lives or understand it, but the correct posture towards the good that we have received from God is to enjoy it and thank him for it, because it is all a gift. The rest of Ecclesiastes argues that however frustrating or meaningless life can seem to be, and it often can seem to be like that at times, God is in control, and we come off best trusting in God and following his ways. So I'd like to give you three starting points that will help you begin living for God, whatever season you find yourself in. These passages are well known, and I'd encourage you to read around them as well, which we don't have time for here. So the first point is this, going to God, the source of wisdom. Knowing how to respond rightly in a situation is a mark of wisdom. Wisdom comes from experience, listening to advice, but most of all, it comes from a right understanding of God. Proverbs 1 verse 7 tells us this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fear in this verse means a healthy awe and respect for God. If you believe that he has brought the universe into existence and that he set up the world in a particular way, according to his standards, it makes sense to follow and respect what he says. This gives us a starting point for decision making. And as we get to know God better through the Bible and the Holy Spirit, our responses to different situations, seasons and moments will become wiser because they are conditioned by what we know about God. Secondly, going to God, who is the source of our strength. God doesn't just tell us what to do, but he gives us the power and the desire to do it. Paul says this when writing to the Colossian church in Colossians 1 verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, and then going on through verses 10 and 11 so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the praise and glory of God. God is the one who is able to make our love, knowledge, insight and righteousness increase, because we are connected to him through Jesus. This gradual change of character is by God's power, and we can praise him because of it. Finally, going to God who will never leave us or forsake us. Understanding that God's ways are best and the fact that God strengthens us to face different situations is not the whole picture either. There are many situations which we do not understand, at least not at the point they happen. And our passage from Ecclesiastes reveals that there is a lot we don't have control over. This is why it's so important for us to understand God's enduring love for us. We need to be reminded of it when we're going through tough times. Romans 8 verses 35 to 39 puts it like this, and it's one of the best examples of God's commitment to us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Then in verse 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, 
nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It can sometimes be very difficult to believe God loves us, but these verses cut right through those doubts and equip us to face hard times. In practice, we struggle to take all of this in, especially when we're in the thick of life. But my hope is that this gives you a starting point for how to respond to the different seasons of life that we face, whether you're loving life or finding it very difficult. In my own life, changes are foot on many different fronts, with a lot of exciting developments and possibilities ahead. I do feel that the seasons are changing at the moment as I pray, talk with close friends and observe things around me, as well as the attitudes in my own heart. There are certainly seasons I'm hoping for and longing for, as in periods of time which God announces for my immediate and my obvious happiness, which we can all appreciate. However, I'm not God. I can't see two months down the line or even a day. And this is especially true at this point in time in human history. My knowledge is limited while God's is absolute. However, if I fear God, go to him for strength and trust in his unfailing love, I know that I am setting off on the right path, whatever the seasons are ahead. So let me just pray. Lord God, I thank you that you are in control in all circumstances. Lord, we do not see the way ahead, but we put our trust in you. Lord, help us to enjoy what you have given to us and to thank you for all the things that you have blessed us with. Lord Jesus, help us to trust in you and truly believe in your love for us and let that give us the strength to face life, whether it's really good in our experience or really bad. I pray that you just give each one of us the power to walk with you, um, whatever life throws at us. In Jesus' name, amen. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.